0: It was her second week on velvet and danessa price still couldn't take her eyes from the largest window of whatever room she was in just now she was in the living room of the colonial governor's suite waiting for him to dress for dinner an afternoon of successful trade negotiations had left her in a mellow mood perfect for enjoying spectacular views and this view was spectacular beyond the curving window the broad main avenue of Haifa stretched to the sharp boundary between town and country, punctuated by the golden flow of gravelamps lamps floating serenely along its length. Its buildings stood, gleaming and gem-like in a setting sun, colours few earth cities had seen shimmering in full light, muting in shadow, and beyond the buildings, velvet. Greens almost too vivid to be appreciated by the human eye vibrated in field and furrow, Hill and Vale. The sky overhead was a furious shade of blue violet, its hues more penetrating than the skies of Earth even at midday. It was always populated by at least a handful of large dark blue grey clouds. Currently, some snuggled up against the distant western mountains the colonists had dubbed the Great Smokies. They were heavy clouds. "'rolling up to a place and exuding mist "'the way a fat grey cat exudes love "'while rubbing against its favourite pair of legs. "'They were beautiful. "'Beautiful, too, was the dark, fertile soil of velvet. "'It ranged from oxide red through a colour almost burgundy "'to the richest, nightest black Donetta Price had ever seen. "'That, and the eternally twilight sky "'and those leaden puffs of cloud, "'contrived to make everything green look extraordinarily green.' This contributed to the overall effect that you were living in a velvet painting, hence the popular name, Velvet. Donetta sighed aloud as the sun, Bronte by name, sank to the horizon, pulling in its palette of colours. Addictive, isn't it? asked a warm voice behind her. Donetta turned. Governor Joseph Becque stood in the doorway, straightening his neck scarf and tucking one end fashionably back over the collar of his shirt. She answered the smile in his eyes and nodded. I can't seem to stop staring out of windows. It's almost a relief when the sun goes down. You'll have to take some cubes back to Earth with you to remember us by, he said. Donetta's eyes went back to the window where Bronte was icing the clouds with flame, using up some leftover golds and oranges. She didn't want to think of going home. Going back to Earth, she corrected herself. She wasn't honestly sure she thought of it as home anymore. She had no family there, and she travelled so much that no place was home, or even like it. She had to allow that Velvet wielded a stronger magic than any place she'd yet visited. Magic. That's what Rhys Llewellyn would call it. The thought of her eccentric chief negotiator made her smile. A penny for them, said the governor, moving into the room. I was just thinking of how Rhys would react to this world. It's almost as colourful as he is. Rhys. Oh, yes, Llewellyn. The Scottish gentleman, isn't it? The one who wears full Highland regalia to the conference table. Llewellyn is a Welsh name, though, isn't it? Donetta nodded. His mother was Welsh, and his Scottish father, a Macrae, took her surname when they married. Something in the nature of a family feud, as I understand it. Suffice it to say, the rebel Macrae and the rest of his clan are not on speaking terms. You know, I'm half tempted to tell Reese to get his kilt out here and enjoy the scenery, but he'd just end up out in the hills with your archaeologists digging up some choice ruins. Governor Beckware chuckled. Well, unfortunately, ruins are in short supply here, a thing which our archaeologists bewail at every opportunity. Now, he put an arm around her and patted her shoulder. You have been most patient and kind, and I shall reward you with a five-star dinner. Deal, said Donetta, and broadened her smile, reminding herself that she was accruing more reasons to linger on velvet than could be accounted for by the scenery. They were nearly out the door when the governor's house comp chimed and informed him that he had an urgent call. He grimaced apologetically and excused himself to answer it. When he returned, the expression on his face made Donetta suspect her five-star dinner was a lost cause. His words confirmed it. There's been a rather urgent development.